Welcome to the Real Appeal Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loizel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Whoa, I got that pretty high. Holy shit. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're good there. <laughs> Managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.com. <laughs> you just wanted to make sure they heard you i know right like you're the most important person on the podcast or you know in their lives no i don't want that responsibility fuck that <laughs> fuck that i have to tell you something what she was our friend when she was normal <laughs> then she lost her mind now she sounds like our friend really yeah we don't have normal friends well, I only have one friend anyway. There you go. <laughs> and I'm my own best friend. Huh? <laughs> Ain't that right, Mark? Yeah, Mark. Gotcha, Mark. Okay, Mark. Talk to you later, this, Mark. Bye, Mark. I had this whole thing planned out, and you did not go the direction I wanted you to go. Oh, uh, all right. You, you should have been like, who? <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's start over. Take two. Action. All right. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Do I have to read the quote again? Take three. Action. Hi. Hi. She was our friend when she was normal. Then she lost her mind. Who? Oh, shit. Maybe you're the one losing your mind. (laughs) If you can't remember our friends. Come on, Mark. Who? (laughs) (laughs) For a moment, I was like, oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) This is it. Mark's finally snapped. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. Two E's in real. If you would like to email us, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on your podcasting formats, that would be swell. That'd be super. Um, make sure that you review us on your podcasting format <laughs> and don't give us a review of your podcasting formats because we don't give a shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get, get us. Have I, has it been like that the entire time? Probably. It, it has. Wow. I'm an idiot. <laughs> as we've established every episode of the podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, I only caught it just now. Yeah, but it, it does that thing. Like, I already know, it. like, your brain does that thing where it, like, it auto-corrects it. Knows, it. Yeah. Yeah, and it just says it like that. <laughs> Thanks, Grammarly, for not catching that. Um, well, probably because it's all right, just, you know, in the wrong context. Mm. Um, our segments for this week, in case you'd like to know, our recent review of Don't Worry, Darling. And uh, you know what? If anyone ever told me, Don't Worry, Darling, I'd worry the most. I think that's why... Uh I think that was maybe one of the main points of that movie. Probably. Probably. Uh, our variety time is The Drama in the Land of Oz. Our geriatric cinematic. The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> the Drama of the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Mark, what's the chirpic? Uh, the drama behind the drama. <laughs> Obviously, we, we paired up these two movies because of all the publicity nightmare that has come along with uh don't worry darling and the stories that later came out about the wizard of oz Mm. and um 
you know, in hindsight, I think this is a pretty good pairing. Because I was, I was working and I was thinking about the podcasting about like, you know, okay, we did these pair of movies. Like, why? Other than the drama behind the drama, like, what's a good valid reason to put them together? Um, and the whole idea of like living in the perfect utopia, the perfect, the perfect fantasy land where all your dreams come true, all your wishes come true and stuff like that. Kind of the same thing with uh, Don't Worry, Darling and uh, The Wizard of Oz, but how there's a underlining fucked up message behind it. <laughs> Yeah, like one one female follows the yellow brick road, mm-hmm. the other one follows the dirty desert road. <laughs> <laughs> one uh one is all about murder and one Dirter. murder dirter, yeah. And one <laughs> has murder. Which one is it? Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> um you know, <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about this email I got today. Speaking of, like, our brains, like, correcting, you know, whatever we read as, like, an error, um, my brain does the exact opposite. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You find, you're like, what is this saying? I'm like, it makes sense. And you're like, oh. (laughs) Um, There was an email I got from my my school. I still get emails. um, I still have my my school email account open. So, obviously, I'm getting an advertisement from the school, like, oh, check out these deals for these... uh, school supplies or get ready for the semester and all that kind of stuff and there was <laughs> there was an ad uh it said like flavorful yogi and i was like but for some reason my brain went flavorful yoga mat who would want to eat a yoga mat <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> something's wrong with me man <laughs> what the fuck is yogi i think it's a type of ice cream oh because uh, you're like <laughs> flavorful yogi, and I'm like yogi bear. What? Oh, tea. It's a it's a type of tea. Oh. Yeah, it's a type of yeah. Yogi is a brand of tea, but I don't know. It said flavorful yogi. I'm assuming it's either talking about tea or some type of new ice cream or something like that. Maybe. Um. Yeah, but I I read flavorful yoga mat like. <laughs> So something is clearly, yeah, yeah, ice cream, Yogi ice cream. Yep, it's a brand. It's, there's an ice cream called Yogi. Mm. So so clearly, I have a lot of issues I need to get through and probably should updose uh, or put a higher dose of my medication. <laughs> Mix it with some alcohol. <laughs> Stir it together. What can I do? Nothing, because nothing fucking works. <laughs> For you? Look, trial and error, trial and error. I know, but it's funny, because usually you get trial and error, like something works a little bit or is mm-hmm. bad. I get nothing. I feel like something, nothing. I think something has worked a little bit, because I, I've dealt with you off your medication, and it, there, there's a difference. With the green one, and that doesn't make me feel better. It just makes me not up and down fast. Yes. I just I still get up and down. Yes. Let's 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 keep that away. <laughs> let's not do that up and down fast. Let's take the up and down slow. Mm. Slower. Some like it fast, some like it slow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> look, look, this is a this is a podcast for all <laughs> for all family members to listen to. For all family members? Yeah. Even my cat? Yeah, the cats can listen to it, the dogs, your children. Anybody who you want to share this podcast with, go ahead. We don't swear up a storm or talk about our sexuality or get into politics or anything religious, sacrilegious, anything like that. No, 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 no. not at all. No, no, no. 
Speaking of, Erica's super excited for this episode because she's like, I can't wait to find out if one of the munchkins really killed themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, Erica. You'll have to find out once we get to the Wizard of Oz. Or you can just Google it, but whatever. (laughs) Don't tell her to Google it. We had a bad experience a couple weeks ago with a manager telling us, well, telling a new person that. Telling them what? To Google oh. how to sign into something. Oh, yeah, he told me about that. Yeah, that that manager's no longer there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're celebrating for that shit. Exactly. Um, all right. Time to get into it, right? Let's get into it. Now, we're going to do our recent review of Don't Worry, Darling. I'm so sorry I forgot to tell you, but you're not feeling very well. And the only way to cure it is if we stay home all day and I tend to you and kiss you and cook for... Bye. Security level, yellow. All residents safe and accounted for. Victory is safe and secure. Here you can live the life you deserve. We can all live the life... Frank has built something truly special. What he's created out here, it's... It's a different way, a better way. Victory has things money can't buy. Mm -hmm. I live next door, you wouldn't believe the things I've heard. Jack and Alice only have time for each other. What is the enemy of progress? Chaos. Yeah. Nasty word. The one thing they ask of us is to stay here, where it's safe. The synopsis is a 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. Directed by Olivia Wilde, written by Katie Silberman, it stars Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, and Olivia Wilde. Um, or as Florence Pugh likes to be called, Florence Pew Pew. <laughs> uh, so don't worry, darling. Um, from the director Olivia Wilde. This is, I believe, her second feature. Um, highly anticipated movie. I remember. I remember you seeing the trailer, and you're like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like mm-hmm. I'm about this. Exactly. Um, I was about it too because I like that weird shit. You, you and I tend to have. Similar tastes, and at least in recent films. Yeah, Sometimes like, we, like if our if our tastes were a Venn diagram, <laughs> okay, it would be mostly together. Uh, where you have that trauma shit on your side that I don't uh, like that much. <clears throat> and delicious. What do I have on my side that you don't like? Wizard of Oz shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kelsey, um, what's your overall thoughts on? Um, uh, don't worry, darling. Um, my overall thoughts is... You seem a bit conflicted. I'm a little conflicted because mm-hmm. it has great performances in it. Mm. However, I found myself zoning out for some of it, too. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Why, why was that without going into uh, spoilers? 
Because the story didn't seem like it was going forward mm. for some of it. Okay. Where they were just living their lives, doing some of the same shit, having some of the same conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when things started to happen, it was still kind of like... Like, there was still not forward movement, really. Mm. Yeah, I would I would agree for... I would agree with some of that. Um, most of the movie actually kind of worked for me, except for, like, that third act, that reveal, which we'll get into in the spoiler section, obviously, which I kind of think, like, they they may have shit the bed mm-hmm. on that one. <laughs> so I, I, I have a feeling we're going to do a deathbed do-over at some point. <laughs> yeah, we actually might. <laughs> we actually might. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I get what you're saying about it seemed like some of the story wasn't moving forward. I think that was kind of on purpose because of how the day in, day out of Florence Pugh's character is. Since the movie mainly follows her. Um, but I felt like the the we, the kind of uneven pacing of it was also against it as well. Like there are times where the the mystery starts beginning a little bit to unravel. But it would happen at these like very sporadic times where it's like oh this shit might be happening this shit might be weird and then like and we're back to normal that's that's what i'm saying yeah and i think i got tired of going back to normal and i'd zone out Mm, okay it's not that the story wasn't really moving forward but every time we had to come back to normal like i was just like all right we're here again yeah i kind of i kind of feel it was like that two step forward one step back yeah so i'm not saying that the Mm. movie was bad yeah because honestly i know it's been getting a lot of like this movie sucks. Oh, it got trounced on Rotten Tomato. I think it's at like, last time I checked was like a 36% or something well, like that. I don't think it deserves that score. No, no, I definitely don't. Like, I, I would put it in the low 80s. Low 80s? Yeah. Um, Maybe high 70s. Let me let me see what the score is right now. Um, um, because, like I said, the performances, the, the, um, the set... The set design? Okay. Um, don't mean to cut you off, but for at Rotten Tomato, uh, critic score is 38%. Audience score is 78%. Okay. That's, uh, that's tracking with what I'm thinking then. Okay. I think the critics are just like, this movie sucks. I honestly think... I honestly think some of that has to do with some with the, the publicity of this movie. What's been going on behind the scenes. Mm. And the fact that Florence Pugh was like... I'm not really doing interviews for this movie and like the back and forth stories and stuff like that. How there was like uh, as recent as a shouting match or it was reported that it was there was like a shouting match between Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde and how um, this movie might have something to do with uh, Olivia Wilde's divorce from Jason Sudeikis. So I think there's like a lot of back backstory like but with the production that's maybe kind of affecting the critics uh mindset on this movie also probably they could be like yeah i'll fuck this movie because they traded florence Pugh like shit or mm-hmm. whoever like shit like they're yeah, probably taking side sides and they're yeah. like yeah fuck olivia wilde yeah and i also kind of think that maybe some of the subject matter some people and like i said this is rotten tomato this is not this is not the score for the entire planet you know not everybody's opinion um it also can be somewhat of like been there done that not, not necessarily been there, done that. Um, even though Olivia Wilde has said that what inspired her uh, to make to direct this movie was um, uh, what's it called, uh, Inception and The Truman Show. But I think also the subject how this movie is kind of about 
incel culture against, and it's also about toxic masculinity mm-hmm. with the subject matter of this. Um, so, and some people they just don't take kindly to that. Like, you know, there is no such thing as toxic masculinity, masculinity, or you know, the good old days where you can slap a woman on the ass and have a drink with your friends, friends and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel like that mindset might also be affecting the score. It might be affecting some of the critics' opinions on it. Um, it doesn't affect my opinion at all. I thought, I thought the movie, like I said, I thought the movie was good. Um, just like I said, that third act, um, I was with the story. I was with the mystery because I'm like, what is it? What is? It? I really want to know what this mystery is about. Mm-hmm. Why is it turning and stuff like that? Um, it would definitely get a lower score for me because, like I said, of the third act, kind of like, really, that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think I, I didn't expect it to be mind blowing. But the amount of creativity that's going mm-hmm. along within the story, I felt like it had to have a creative ending to it. Well, I also thought that they didn't really explain why some of the characters were being affected the way they were. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like in the trailer, you see Lawrence uh. Pugh get squished between glass and a wall or she sees like in the television she sees herself swimming yeah or there's like an inkling like oh this this has affected somebody else that she's not the only one this is affecting yeah so like why like what triggered Mm. it like yeah she was happy yeah that's true she was happy um I don't know. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of this from an aspect of like maybe like a housewife as well, who kind of feel feel like how Florence Pugh's character is feeling throughout this movie, but don't know how to express it. So I'm kind of seeing it from that point of angle as well. But it's not, it's not explained through. It's I not mean, yeah, that's speculation well because yeah, speculating. honestly, she doesn't give any inkling of that whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I would say. That, you know, as far as, like, another character mm-hmm. possibly turning her on to it, like, that way of thinking, mm-hmm. um, the one female character. Yeah, we're trying to be vague as fuck with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's kind of funny <clears throat> how we're being vague as fuck because come to find out that character, her role and her the role of her husband were cut out significantly throughout the movie and we're trying to be vague as fuck and we're not doing it like and in this way of like yeah what was that character's name no her name was like um i believe her name was like margaret yeah Yeah, margaret yeah played by kiki lane Mm -hmm. but like it's so done it's done so quickly and so like very little you're just kind of like wait what was going on with that what's going on with that person like Mm -hmm. why is it affecting she was a plot device yeah seriously she Um, seriously so the thing the thing is is that what I'm getting at is that any issues you see with that character happen after the issues mm-hmm. with the main character. With Florence so, Pugh's character, yeah. So it's not like she turned her onto it. And so what I'm saying is they don't really do a good job of explaining why she's why she's having these issues. Yeah, yeah. Not even not even to be like, oh, it's it's just that time of the month or like some like misogynistic you know mentality especially like, like all that error nothing traumatic yeah happened like like what happened yeah exactly what happened yeah <laughs> so um speaking of you know uh florence Pugh and kiki lane and the rest of the cast what did you think of the uh acting hmm let's let's say mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna like rank them 
Okay. All right. Florence Pugh. Top. 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 I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Surprisingly, Chris Pine will be in my second spot. Uh, because I, I've told you I don't like him, but I've never seen him in a role like this. He's always playing a stupid love interest. Okay. I can see that depending on what movies you've seen with him. Like, I think he, like, he does like a great Captain Kirk. An early days I, Captain Kirk. I haven't Kirk. seen that. You haven't seen any of the Star Trek films. Okay. No. He, I think he does a good Captain Kirk. Um, but I do agree with you. Second place would be Chris Pine. Um, I feel like Chris Pine is in this phase of his life where he's like, I'm just going to act just because I just I just want to do it now. Yeah. Like, not like I got I want to star in a franchise and stuff like that. Like, yeah. there, there are there are plenty of, like, all-set photos or Chris Pine's hanging around. He has long hair. He has a beard. He's dressed in shaggy as fuck. Now he's, like, cleaned himself up, but he's still looking kind of like that very kind of, like, cool guy phase, like, where nothing really bothers him. He almost is bordering, like, like trans. He looks very feminine. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going with that. Um, like, he's kind of, like, hitting, like, the... the older older age phase of like what's his name um robert redford mm. or even like steve mcqueen where they were just like fuck it i'm just gonna act because i just wanted to be in these roles like i don't really care if they make a lot of money if they do they do well they do well and i feel like and i think i feel like that's translating into chris pine his allow, acting oh yeah allowing him not, to focus on it yeah thinking too hard about like yeah. i just want to be part of this franchise but now he's like mm, i'm gonna be choosy you know i used to i used to hear stories about chris pine uh like my early days in like film school and like getting into like the trades and stuff like that and people would actually talk about yeah there's this kid who's like working a pa but he like he, he's like very attractive and he's trying to get like these serious roles and like he like he started at like getting people coffee Oh, yeah. And then, like, next thing you know, he's, he's fucking Captain Kirk and Star Trek. <laughs> like, all right. Um, you ever see that meme where it's, like, face mashing? Uh-huh. And you, they're like, well, what do you get when you cross Chris Hemsworth with um, Chris Evans? Oh, you get Chris Pine? Uh-huh. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. All the Chris's. <laughs> the good ones. Not- all the Chris's crossed. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, <laughs> is there... Is there anybody else on your ranking? Because we were at Chris Pine at number two. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Like, Olivia Wilde, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Olivia Wilde is just being Olivia Wilde. Like, I've, I feel mm-hmm. like I've seen that performance before from her. I can see that. And then it's nothing really special. It's I honestly feel like her character is there to keep the Alice character trapped in so, like in a very uh not passive aggressive but like in a very like nonchalant kind of way I would call it passive aggressive mm, okay. I would call it passive aggressive because we all know those people who say they're your friend and then when you are starting to have issues like that friend is like nah <laughs> like no what issues are you talking about here have another drink or exactly like that. yeah like like that. they're there for you but not really i can see that okay okay i, I agree with you with uh lady a while i feel like Gemma chan who played chris pine's wife i think she's underutilized in this movie i think so too yeah i think that she i think i'm gonna i'm gonna wait for the 
spoilers spoilers to talk about her okay yeah okay we, we can do that um, what about what about kate uh burlatt she was the one who played peg the uh, pregnant woman whatever i don't give a shit about her okay so with that being said what's your opinion on harry styles because harry from other re- from other critics and reviews people were beating the shit out of his acting i don't think he was that bad like mm. i honestly felt like he did what he was meant to do i mm-hmm. like purposefully they kept him pretty um calm i felt okay. like if he wanted to stretch he could have mm-hmm. but i don't think like I feel like a lot of the time people don't get to stretch their legs because they're directed to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't the one having the major issues, mm-hmm. then like they wanted that other, you know, the other character to shine. So I felt like he was mm. more of like a, a jumping off point for mm, for Florence Pugh. For Florence Pugh and mm-hmm. so I think that it was the direction, and especially the part where he's screaming. Yeah, uh, yeah closer towards uh, the end of Act Two, right? Yeah, okay. like I, I felt like I they that. were like, "Oh, we need like a dramatic punch right now," so scream. Mm. Like, I don't think that's him. Uh-huh. I think that's the act. Like, that's what he was told to do. Well, see, with that, with that being said, I think maybe that maybe it's just my mindset. I feel like anybody can really do that. Like, if someone, like, really says, like, we want you to get really fucking mad, just go wild, I think anybody can really do that. If they're, like, they're given, like, full permission to, like, carte blanche that shit. Yeah. Um, so that's why, that, that, that that's why I'm kind of, like, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of his performance in this movie, because it seems, it's, it, it might, and now, it, like, you said it, your opinion is that it was probably it was most likely to be because of the directing. Mm-hmm. I I can see that, but to me, it's so distracting that it seems like his character is like asleep for like half of the movie. I know, but I, I just really feel like that's how he was written mm-hmm. because he's part of that life. Okay, um, that that sleepy fifties you know town life or whatever. Yeah, I, I can see that, but it, it was because it, another thing that was bothering me was like his line delivery. There was like the scene where him and um, and we're not we're, it's not a spoiler at all. There's a scene where him and uh, Florence Pugh's character are arguing, or or she's like something's not right, something's definitely not right, and he's just kind of like it's delivering these lines where he's like, "No, we're fine. I swear we're okay." Yeah, just, but that, just to me, me, that's not him. That's the writing. That's the, I don't see it as the writing. Because, you know why? This is why. It's reminding me of that movie um, or that series that Nicholas Winden Refn did for Amazon. And it escapes too, too young to die or some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or too old to live. Something like that. It was that line of delivery that was bothering me. And I don't know... It, you know, it could be it could be because of the writing, but it, to me, it was just so distracting. And there was a line that he said, I can't remember what it was, but I rolled my eyes so fucking hard. Like, what the fuck was that? Um, and it was, I think it was during that scene where she was just like, where Florence Pugh's character is like, something's not right. You know, something's, something's going on. And he just delivered that line almost like I, I, I'm a half expecting him to go, no, don't worry, darling. Okay. <laughs> okay. Two things. Okay. 
There's a scene where he's apologizing. Okay. I felt that. And he wasn't angry. But I felt that. Mm, okay. That like that to me was like, okay, there's a little bit of something there for mm, him. Okay, to like okay. acting. Number two, I feel the same way about John David Washington. Really? Except for that movie he did with Zendaya. I feel like everything he's in, mm. he's just stone faced and everyone loves the fuck out of him and I'm like, why? Mm, okay, okay. Hmm. Now you got me thinking about John David Washington's acting. It's he, not that good. He's got he's got a movie coming out that's directed by David O. Russell called Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. I'm like curious to watch it, but something about it it's it comes off too up its own ass. Probably. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but like that's why I said like I, I I felt like I felt like his character or Harry Styles acting was like half asleep. Like I, because I'm seeing Florence Pugh act and she's acting circles around him. She's mm. like really just emoting and getting trying to like push the plot forward and the characters forward and the development and everything like that. I think it's funny how you're talking about these actors. Like she's trying to push the plot development and the in the story forward, and it's like <laughs> no, she's not. The writers are. <laughs> the writers are. <laughs> she's not doing anything. She's, she's acting. She's acting her ass off. <laughs> um, but like, like I said, halfway through the movie, I was like, I felt like his acting got better, and uh-huh. maybe because maybe because his character becomes more involved. Yeah, that's when we're like, all right, you're not fucking sleeping on me right now, dude. Like that's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of directing. Uh, like I said, this is Olivia Wilde's second film. What did you think of her? As, what do you think of this as her sophomore film? I think she could use a little humility mm-hmm. and a little more experience. Humility, I do agree because of some of the press stuff I heard. What she has said, especially the the um, the shitstorm that happened with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. And how supposedly she called Florence Pugh f- like Aunt Flo, you know, mm-hmm. because she has an attitude and all that kind of stuff. You know, this, this is all speculating. This is like reports and stuff like that. So maybe a little bit of that. But I don't know something about it. And I and I get why she has to have this mentality of like her shit don't stink. Yeah, because she's a she's a female director like mm-hmm. they. In Hollywood, you can be a male director and fell upwards. There are tons of directors who have have bomb after bomb after bomb, and they still keep getting all these fucking movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, with female directors, they can even have a mildly successful film, and they're like, they can't get another film made because of some factor, you know? And it's probably because they're a woman. Um, I think, I haven't seen her first film, Booksmart, um, one of the reasons I haven't watched it is because it reminds me of that one film that we saw. Banana Split. Banana, Banana Split. It, it still reminds me a lot of that, but that film, but it, it could be something different. Um, but I think even for a sophomore director, I honestly think that she did a comparable job. Um, the movie, Her directing didn't really wow me. Um, but I think, I think the thing that really caught me more was the writing. I think that was really like really getting me going. Uh, some of the visuals that she used is very questionable. Like, why did you do that particular scene? Like, there's a scene where like dancing girls, and I'm kind of like, why? I kind of get that. Mm. I kind of get why she did that. Mm. I don't understand some of the transitions. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like, I think you know, it, it kind of goes with the dancing girls, but there's like yeah, one particular yeah. red one. Yeah. I'm like, what does that even mean? I don't um, know, maybe, maybe we can decipher it when we get into the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, but also, real quick, I, I kind of agree with you about, you know, it's good for a sophomore film. <laughs> but I feel like other people have had way better sophomore films. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Like, I just... Like, your issue with Harry Styles and, like, mm-hmm. some of the stilted, you know, dialogue. And mm. I just feel like some of that is stuff that she's been in the business long enough to know better, even if it is her sophomore film. That is true. She's been acting for quite a while. Yeah. So, you know, maybe... I don't know. I mean, you know, we don't know exactly about behind-the-scenes story, but... It seemed like there was some trouble on the set, and it might have maybe f- affected the production. It probably did. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you want to get into the spoiler section? Yeah. All right, so yeah, we're going to hop into the spoiler section. We're going to talk in great lengths about uh, Don't Worry, Darling. So for those who don't want to be spoiled, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Sometimes you amaze me. Not for good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So Gemma Chan. She had such a an ethereal, cold-hearted look about her. Yes. And when she stabs a certain person. Well, we're in the spoiler section, so... I know, but I didn't know if you want to talk about that more towards the end. Uh, well, she stabs Chris Pine. Fuck it. Okay, so she stabs Chris Pine. Yeah. I'm like, well, let me just stop it right there. I don't have a problem with that. Okay. I do have a, I do have a problem of what she said, because it's it just goes like, wait, what? <laughs> but sorry, go on. She. I just felt like. They don't give you an inkling that she's in control of anything. And she stabs him and says something that I don't remember. She says, she says, you stupid little man. Now it's my turn. Oh, yeah. Like, okay, is there going to be a sequel? Yeah. And and, and that's what I'm just like. Wait, your turn to what? Like, is she is she was she a victim as was she a victim as well? Or. And that's where she she finally woke up, or is she like the head of the whole thing? And Chris Pine, it was just like the front man, you know, for for the whole operation. And exactly, and I don't get a sense though that she was in the dark. I think she knew because yeah, to an extent, yeah, yeah. I think she knew, yeah. but um, but but I think when when I like at the time, I thought she knew like how Olivia Wilde's character knew. Right. But like I, I like I said, just to an extent of like well maybe she knows about the control but not too much about it or Yeah, like, like she doesn't know who else knows. She yeah. doesn't really have a lot of control over what happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um and then it just it was such a sudden and weird thing for her to stab her husband. Like what's what does that serve? He's uh, yeah. the one 
he's the one talking and the one thing that I'm not going to say yet. Okay. He's the voice that you hear. Yeah, yeah. So if it was her, then I would be like, oh, okay, but you never hear her. So it's it's like yeah. it comes out of nowhere. They don't explain where it comes from. Yeah, yeah. That she stabs him and they don't explain where it goes. Yeah, exactly. Like, so they don't it really... just feels like shock value. Yeah, exactly. It, I, it, but it falls flat. It's empty. Yeah, it does feel like shock value. It does feel like, okay, the Chris Pine character's dead. Yay, because fuck that guy. But it's, yeah, it's just like, no, I get it. Like, like yeah, fuck that guy. But if you're going to have his death, have a reason why his death happens or why the person pulls the trigger. Yeah. Like, and, make it the main character that kills him. Like, Florence Pugh, if she killed him, something like that. fucking cool. Or, or, or it could have been, what's her name? It or Olivia Wilde. Or, no, or it could have been Margaret. It could have been Kiki Lane's character. Maybe something happened where, like, oh, she's not dead after all, or what? Which, they don't explain what happened to that character at all. I mean, they she, like, slice, she like slits her throat, she falls off, but they take they pick her up and they take her, and then the, one, the guy who plays the Doctor, who's played by... Um, Timothy Simons, Timothy Simmons, uh, Doctor Collins. They don't explain exactly what happened to that character, like what happens to them, or her kid. Yeah, or her kid. Exactly, and that's another thing. That's another thing. It's just like, wait, what happened to any of that? Because her her character had a kid. The kid disappeared. Uh, I'm assuming nothing. I'm assuming that maybe the kid got out. Like, because remember they were going through the desert, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like. Well, why did the why did Margaret not get out? Because right. you can clearly like Margaret was, um, Margaret was the one who didn't want to be there. Her her husband, boyfriend, whatever, who's played by Ariel uh, Satchel, played uh, played Ted. Like they don't they don't show what happens to those characters at all, other than that like Ted got fired. Yeah, like that's it. And from what I read. There was a bunch of shit with those characters to better further explain their background. And then how come Ted gets fired, but not Jack? Yeah, like what's special about, yeah, what was special about Jack to, to, for Jack to get that promotion? Exactly. That he wanted. Like what? Was it because like Florence Pugh was cuter, I guess? Maybe. Then also, it's really weird. Like, so what was the point too of of um, Chris Pine's character Frank staring at her while her husband is fingering her in their bedroom? Yeah, I know. Well, I don't know. I, I'm try- I, I, I honestly, I was gonna try to make an excuse for it, but I'm just like, you know what? They didn't explain it. There's no excuse because he never really does anything sexual towards her. He stares at her oddly twice in the film, and that's it. Yeah, and he's like, I was hoping to encounter somebody like you, somebody who would challenge me. Okay, why? Yeah, like, how did you know that she was going to challenge you? Yeah. And also, I I always got the sense that she was super fucking smart, and how did she fumble the ball so badly during that dinner? Oh, I know, right? She started, she really, and it's, it's funny, like, she turned into, like, like I get, I get what they were trying to say, but I think it, they they dropped the ball on that with the whole like, oh, she's kind of like stark raving mad, like at the dinner table at the very inappropriate time where she's like, he, you know, the conspiracy is this, this, and this, and everything. But like, there was nothing that I mean, there was stuff that led up to it, but I think it was just done so like just messy. I think they could have 
I think they could have stretched that out a little bit. Yeah. They had so much world building that they didn't really need. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they kept doing the thing where they kept showing all the women saying goodbye to their husbands every morning. They did that like eight times. Yeah. You could have cut some of that shit out. Like, like there's like the part like where it seems like her reality's breaking. She's losing her mind. She's forgetting stuff. She's imagining things, you know, quote unquote, imagining things. Mm-hmm. But she really doesn't have any burden of proof of it other than like that document that she took from Dr. Collins, mm-hmm. which was like all blacked out, which makes no sense. Like, it's like it's all it's all redacted. Right. To the point where like it might as well just been a solid black paper. <laughs> Yeah. And it was just like, all right, why would that doctor even carry that stuff? Because they wanted her to open it and find nothing. They wanted to catch her, like... And But see, that, then that leads to the question of why? You're just breaking but up your yeah, own... Yeah, why did they do that, though? Yeah, you're breaking up your own system. But my whole thing is they could have stretched out the whole mm-hmm. thing a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, that's what I was going to add to it, that like they could have gave her a little bit more evidence or something like that, or a little bit more of a... Why she's going further into this and like this whole thing build the tension between her and Chris Pine's character. Yep, I feel like that that was like definitely needed to a climax. Mm-hmm. And whatever happens between Chris Pine and Florence Pugh, Gemma Chan could find a reason in whatever that is mm-hmm. to stab her husband. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you with that. But, like, it's so, it feels like a lot was maybe cut out or misplaced and not thought through. So, like. Uh, yeah, this movie, this movie is, like, a little over two hours. And it feels like, it feels like they're missing 30 minutes of, like, footage. And it better explain certain shit. Yeah. And honestly, I probably wouldn't have minded it. Because it, it would give me more of, a, like, a why why one character is acting like this, why one character is no longer here, why one character does something later, why does the Gemma Chan character stab Chris Pine? Yeah. Um, which it might have better explained that bullshit-ass third act, the, the ending, the whole reveal, that it's a fucking video game. Yeah. Or like virtual reality. Yeah. Like, first, let's, let's think of the logistics. Of this whole thing. Gemma Chan, not Gemma Chan, Florence Pugh's character, Alice, is a doctor. Looks like a highly, not a highly regarded doctor, but a doctor who is needed at her hospital. Like, she works 15 hours. Yeah, she talked about, like, at one point her character is like, you know, when you when you get a, a, a view of the real world, she tells the Harry Styles character, who's really like this, like, incel of a character, this kind of disheveled like messy guy mm-hmm. um she's like i've just worked like a 30 hours a 30 hour shift i just want to i just want to go to sleep because i have to be back in six hours right so obviously she's in high she's either in high demand or she she will what i'm gonna get is she will be missed you know yeah so her character is gone okay from the real world from the real world right did nobody come by to like call or like knock on the door and be like hey this surgeon that we have, who we need, is not showing up for work. Yeah. Can we call the cops? <laughs> her boyfriend's kind of sketchy. And her boyfriend was sketchy as fuck, like, looking, like, yeah. look-wise. He had weird hair. Yeah, he had horrible complexion, too. Which, I, I and see, that's that's what I'm kind of like leaning to, what you're saying about Harry Styles. Like, that's how the character was supposed to be. However, 
little bit more time with that character in that world, then I would have been like, all right, fully on board it. With yeah. it now. Yeah. Um, but, it also yeah. doesn't compute. Like the, 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 the reveal? No, no, no. Um, Harry Styles' character in the real world versus Harry Styles' character in virtual reality. Mm-hmm. He's not a suave guy in reality. You don't just change your whole personality yes. and be in a video game and suddenly you're fucking suave and everyone loves you. Like yeah. it doesn't I, work that way. So I so I'm I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the devil's advocate right here. Alright. I can see why his character would be suave because when you create an avatar, it's what you think would be what you think your character looks like. Mm-hmm. What you think your character's attributes are. Uh, athletic, smart, handsome, cur- courageous, all that kind of stuff. Sexy, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I can see why that character would have been built like that. However, these characters are built on... These characters function on the reality of the actual person. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, I get that yeah. he looks suave. I don't understand how... Like, your personality is your personality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so what the fuck yeah and they don't go and they don't go they don't really go into the tech of the whole thing other than that like it's possibly from like this website that um the jack character has been listening to uh who maybe it's like some service of like live the perfect world with your loved ones or something like that Mm -hmm. um there's no time frame there's no idea of the time frame of what what year this is if this is now 10 years from now 20 years from now i i I see she pops open um florence pew pops open looks like an iphone Mm -hmm. but that could be an iphone 20 years from now or 10 years from now never changes. they never seem to change yeah exactly (laughs) there's there's like a new iteration like every year and it's just like oh it's like slightly bigger or the the pictures are taken better now or something like that yeah um but yeah like none of the tech gets explained other than that it's on their eyes and like (laughs) did you hear that gurgle i try not to (laughs) it's like on their eyes and like that's it you know i saw that and i was like okay but how did they get moisture in their eyes well i i see i see that he like puts um he puts drops in her mouth i'm assuming he puts moisture in her eyes but your eyes has to be like moisten moisten or whatever what every what 30 seconds if it's like wide open like that yeah otherwise they dry and crack and like or the blood vessels pop and shit like that right yeah so while he's in clearly like who's taking care of his eyes (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe he's got like i don't you know what? It's the people in the red suits. Uh-huh. They just kind of come around to everyone's homes and spit in their eyes. Ew. <laughs> they, they could. They could. And they would. no one would be the wiser. They'd, they'd probably be like, oh, I got something in my eye. I don't know what that was. Whatever. Here's another martini. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that third act, like, I don't know. It's not that I don't know. I just didn't like it. I thought it. I thought it really shit that fucking bed. <laughs> okay, but there's another thing too. Mm-hmm. He made mention of the fact that he had to leave every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go on. I, okay. Go on. Yes. He yes, had to yes. leave every day, and all the husbands left. It wasn't that they were going to corporate. Mm. They were leaving the simulation every day, 
acting like they were going to a job so they could, in the real world, work a real job. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I hardly make enough money to pay for for what we're doing in the simulation. And I, and I fucking, he says, I fucking hate it. And okay, but like, that doesn't make any sense. You guys exactly. were already struggling when she was working. Exactly. So now she's not working. And you're working and you don't hardly make enough. Yeah. And like you still, how does she eat? I didn't see her hooked up to like a uh, like a food tube or anything like that. Yeah. I, like no IVs for fluid. Yeah. Like she's not getting hydrated from a video game. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I'm so disappointed with 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 this whole thing with this whole third this whole reveal that my brain won't even like try to make excuses for it. <laughs> No, I'm just having fun picking it apart yeah, please, all the ways. Please, like, please, like even I just want to like just fuck around, and be like, well, maybe, maybe a bird comes by and like, and, like spits in her mouth. I'm just like, you know what? I don't even want to think. Just fuck that. I don't even want to think that. But then she would choke on it and die. I know. Yeah, you guys, someone to like massage your throat. The guy in the red suits, they come by, massage the throats. Maybe they're mama birding instead. <laughs> Spit in your eye to hydrate your eyes, I know. and then mama bird your food to you and help you swallow there's like one particular guy in a red suit who shows up who get, who gets a little too close to like the florence pew but it's like like but he's like he's like no 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 i'm not gonna touch i'm not gonna violate her i'm just gonna admire her and here's florence pew in the real world just <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> Oh, and that so that one scene really fast that I thought that his acting was really good was when mm-hmm. you start to realize that he's not. Um, he told her that they were going to leave. Oh, that he's not that he's not a victim after all. That he's part of the part of the whole problem. No, no, no. no. Um, when she's like, "Come on, please, let's go." Like, oh, we need okay. To leave. Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, okay, we'll go." And she packs, and she's like, mm. "I don't know if we made enough to eat, but." Mm. And then they get in the car, and he's not going and then he starts apologizing mm. to me that's that's good acting right there because i mm, I, I felt that. that okay and so i feel that like part, yeah, I agree. if he could be given the room to do that i just mm. felt like they were like we don't want you to act because we want her to act mm-hmm. like you don't matter you're just a piece of shit in this film like she is trying to figure everything out she should be acting okay i gotcha i gotcha Okay. Okay. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and add a little bit more to that that scene um, when when he's like confessing to her about like when when she, when Florence Pugh actually remembers everything that happened that led up to her being like trapped in that in that reality, uh-huh. and he's like apologizing to her and he's like hugging her. He's like, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." Stuff like that. And at that part, I was like, "Okay." All right, that dude's acting. That dude's, like, legitimately acting right now. He's, he's like, really pulling from somewhere. And then how he just gets twisted where he's, like, bear-hugging her. Like, yeah. you're not fucking leaving me. Mm-hmm. That was like, okay, that's coming from somewhere also. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I felt like this movie had a really great potential to be, like, a whole, like, what the fuck kind of movie mm-hmm. and I like a whole like I like I get I like the it's funny because like it's having this message of like toxic masculinity and how people want to go back to the old days or the good old days quote unquote and everything like that 
um, and live that lifestyle where everything was simple and man can be man, men can be man and everything like that. And I, uh, you know, a woman's place is behind a stove, barefoot and pregnant, you know, whatever. But I feel like, I feel like the behind the scenes drama and that bullshit third act kind of like really holds that movie back. I'll go a little step further. Okay. I think the way this film was written mm-hmm. and directed, it sort of adds fuel to the idea that women were happier. Mm. Because it shows her, it shows Florence Pugh's character upset because of how long she works and she's kind of miserable and she doesn't want to have sex with her boyfriend. Yeah. And Or actually husband because they're actually married. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that, yeah. And how happy she is and in love with him she is in the simulation and like yeah you know it's like so would you think that's that would you think that part is actually like a bit of reality like a bit of like like th- that honeymoon phase that's that's long no longer there what do you mean well the 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 part where she's in the reality she's like really all over this guy you know she's oh, yeah. like please like she's to the point where she's like like don't leave like stay with me you know mm-hmm. you should be spending more time together um do you think that like that that part of her that comes from a place of genuine oh yeah feelings? i don't okay. think that they yeah. i don't think that i think they changed their memories but mm. i don't think that they changed how these people behaved yeah, or like personality and stuff like that. yeah so yeah. i felt like she truly did love him mm. even in real life yeah but she was just so like busy with work and and he and, wasn't really doing anything to like to contribute and stuff like that and plus he was like you don't want to have sex with me you don't want to spend time with me like you're never here yeah because she's fucking providing yeah, yeah and so like i think that it, instead of being uh, an empowering film for women, I think it's more like, you know, more empowering to incels. Because basically, mm. these women were happier in the simulation. They were happier in the good old days. Okay. Okay. So, you wish, so what you're saying is that the message kind of backfired on itself. It did. Okay. Wow. I've never, I don't think I've read that take on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. If it was a more comparable writer, comparable director. Um, maybe a bit more fo- a bit more uh, focused and sharpened. It probably would have had that message that, you, that you're getting to. I think simply, mm-hmm. if Florence Pugh and Chris Pine had that the the build up to tension, mm-hmm. the way that, you know they really flushed that shit out, and she was basically fighting against the machine that was this fucking virtual reality. Yeah. Her that would be empowering. Yeah, yeah. but she doesn't really do that. It was just like I gotta run for my life. Yeah, the way women are always running for their lives. Like, yeah, I have to get out of here. Yeah, I fully agree with you with with that. I have nothing else to add other than that. Um, check it out. My 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 opinion is to check it out for my opinion for you, the listener, to check it out. To take to have your own opinion on it because, like I said, it's getting trounced on Rotten Tomato, but the audience score is pretty high. Um, you can take that what you will, um, but check it out for your own opinion. But me, I'm just like, I'm just disappointed in this one. Same. I think you should check it out for yourself. It's still a beautiful film. Yeah. Some of the acting is still good. It's not an awful film. Yeah. Like it's still, you know, okay. It's a good film. Mm. Um, but you know. Maybe you won't have the issues we do because, you know, some people just like to watch movies just to watch movies. So. Yeah, they don't want to get any deeper. 
Some, some people it. like Atomic Blonde. <laughs> God, you fucking hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Um, all right, what do we got next? Next, we're going to do our variety time. All right, guys. We're doing drama in the land of Az. I like how you said that. Az. <laughs> it's almost like Az. Well, let me open up my links here. Okay. I should have had them open already. Oh my gosh. So unprofessional. Well, look. So unprofessional. I'm just, I am just adding to the, um, what's it called? To the docket that was The suspension? Gonna... You okay. Know, the suspension. The suspense. Yeah, the suspension, yeah. Just, <laughs> you got to fix that car. You got to get that suspension going. Okay, okay, okay. Got to get suspended from school, <laughs> from work. Uh Okay. Mark has not seen this film until yesterday. The Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, what's today? What's today? Monday. Oh wait, we saw it Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wizard of Oz. I have, I have. Before this past Saturday, I had never seen Wizard of Oz. I got all the reference. I no, I, I understood all the reference growing up. Like Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Yeah, the Red Slippers, the Tin Man, Scarecrow. Oh, I wish I had a brain and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. I, I got the reference. I seen it enough to to be like, all right, that's from that movie. But at a no point would I would I ever. I'm gonna check out this movie because it was too hokey, too fantasy, too white for <laughs> for me. <laughs> so I had never seen it before. Um, this and, past and he's Saturday. not gonna give you. Any opinion right now? Because we're going to do that later. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, t- take it away, Kelsey. <laughs> so, and I haven't seen it as an adult. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it as a kid because it was one of my older brother's favorite movies. And I had to watch it a few times. And I even, like, it was on cable. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, we got to watch this again. <laughs> um, but over the years, you hear some things. That you want to, I don't know, you don't know if they're true. Maybe mm-hmm. they are, maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a lot of things that have happened behind the scenes of that movie mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're going to talk about the drama behind the drama. Please. Okay. So, studios, Hollywood studios seem to think the Wizard of Oz was cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, a vaudeville-style musical came out in 1902, and then a silent movie version debuted in 1910. Oh, where did you where, where are you get this information from? Oh, um, this one is from CheatSheet.com. Okay, gotcha. Okay, what's the title of the uh, uh, article? The Wizard of Oz, Dark Secrets Behind the Making of the Hollywood Classic. Right there. Dark secrets, <laughs> dark and clouds and storms and thunder and shit. Dark secret. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were gonna do the echo. Dark secrets. Dark, 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 dark secret. Secrets. Actually, Kelsey should, Kelsey should do that. Okay. Dark. Come on, that wasn't good. I can hardly hear myself. <laughs> all right, hold up. <laughs> Woo, all right, take two. 
dark. Oh, I got it the wrong one. <laughs> Take three. Take three. Dark secrets. I kind of like that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, what are, what are these? We're what are these dark secrets? I, I, I have to eat. I have to eat this shit. I have to num, 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 on this. Okay. So there was an adaptation centering on the Scarecrow as the main character in 1925 Mm -hmm. that was a flop, and it actually plunged a Hollywood studio into bankruptcy. Whoa! Already out of the gate. Holy shit. I know. Bankruptcy. And it's funny because you think of, like, you think of reboots where Mm -hmm. they center on one character or whatever as, like... Or, like, a spinoff or something like that. Yeah. As being, like, a modern issue mm-hmm. with like franchises and stuff yeah but apparently they've been doing it since at least the 1920s <laughs> <laughs> fuck so all right 100 years ago okay next mm. brett lars cowardly lion costume was made from an actual lion hide oh my god and it weighed about 90 pounds. Oh, my God. It didn't allow much ventilation, so he was constantly sweating during filming. And it got so bad, it took two assistants to dry out the costume every night. So that, that must I, I also been... read from one of the other sites that uh-huh. they actually had to put it in an industrial dryer. Oh, my God. That's how bad it was? Yeah. That shit looked uncomfortable. Not just that. Mm-hmm. But it was so hot on set, it would break 100 degrees very, Ooh. very often. And he's wearing that, like, real lion hide. Yep. And with makeup, trying not to sweat it. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Um, He's not the only one who had issues with his, like, costume. Uh-huh. Buddy Ebsen's Tin Man suit was metal, and he couldn't even sit down in it. And when okay. he got tired, he had to lean against a board. I heard supposedly that it was poisonous too, like the paint. He was allergic to the aluminum uh, powder. Okay. Um, and it put him out for like six weeks. The studio said, "Fuck this! I'm not waiting on you." They hired someone else to be the Tin Man. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at somebody's misfortune, but fuck, is that Hollywood? And they said, okay, we're going to use aluminum paste. Okay. Which gave the new actor a really bad eye infection <gasps> anyway, but he got over it much better than, yeah. uh, well, than but, Ebsen did. But Ebsen, yeah. However, he spent his entire life with breathing problems <gasps> that he was not able to completely oh get over. Oh my god. <sighs> That ten man need a new. He didn't need new. He didn't need a heart. He need new lungs. <laughs> um, Brett Lar, you know the cowardly lion, wasn't okay. allowed to eat while in makeup because it was difficult to apply. At okay. first, he tried to remain agreeable by surviving on milkshakes and soup so that he wouldn't ruin his makeup. But when filming the movie wore on for years, he put his foot down and requested a makeup redo after lunch. Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine just eating milkshakes and soup for years? This water doo-doo. Exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so, legend holds that The Wizard of Oz was a box office flop. And the truth is, it's a little more complicated. It brought in about $3 million during its time in theaters, and which makes it a success of its time. Mm-hmm. 
but the high cost of production, including technical demands, cast changes, director shifts, and wrecked uh, Technicolor film, mm. made the movie barely break even. And it was also pulled from theaters faster than competing titles like Gone with the Wind, which continued what? showing for years. Did it say why it was pulled from? Oh, because people. I guess people weren't really seeing it. Then. I don't know. It doesn't really say. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, so stage makeup and prosthetics in 1939 were nowhere near what they are today. Yeah. Ray Bolger's scarecrow makeup left deep, deep marks in his skin that didn't <gasps> disappear for more than a year after filming wrapped. Oh my God. So like the burlap. The burlap sack they put on his face. They just left lines in his face that didn't go away for like more than a year. That must have fucked up his acting career. Cause he, he had those lines that had to get covered up. Or... I have, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Garland died of a drug overdose in 1969, and she can blame the Wizard of Oz for it, because <clears throat> Dorothy was supposed to be a prepubescent girl, but Garland was already 16 when filming began. Studio execs decided to force Garland to wear a tight corset and conceal her womanly figure. She was also prescribed amphetamines to keep her weight down, and then barbiturates to help her sleep after <laughs> grueling 16-hour work days. Jesus Christ. And she had like a steady diet of like cigarettes from what I heard. Too. Cigarettes and caffeine. So c- Because caffeines are... Um, uppers. Well, they're uppers, but they're also um, diuretics. Oh, yeah, so that's right. So they help you lose that water weight. Oh, my God. Um, and also I heard uh, from one of, the, one of the sites that they called her like a fat pig a lot. That's they would so refer, They would refer up. to her as that fat pig. And it's so funny because, like, when I watch The Wizard of Oz, like, she's supposed to be prebubescent. I'm looking at her like, yo, this girl's got to be, like, close to her 20s now already. Yeah. You know, and, like, it, it didn't, it did not have the effect that they wanted. No. Um, no matter how many uppers or barbiturates or, or cigarettes or caffeine they had her take. Yeah. The wonderful Wizard of Oz book is more graphic and gorier than the film. For example, the book describes a scene where tiger-bear hybrids are killed in a crevice. No, not a crevice, a crevasse. Crevasse? I don't know what that is. Um, Also, Tin Man uses his axe to decapitate a wildcat and 40 wolves. And a swarm of bumblebees dies while trying to sting Dorothy and the others. Where's this movie? I want to watch this one. (laughs) Uh, Dorothy did not make as much, or Judy Garland did not make as much um, as oh, I can, yeah, I can the Scarecrow that. and Tin Man. She only got about five hundred a week. They got three thousand. And you know what's funny? Hmm. That 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 disparage that that pay disparity disparity. Yeah, that pay disparity is still present in Hollywood today. Yeah. Like straight up. Um. Let's see. We already talked about the black coffee. She had to drink, drink uh, chicken soup and eat cottage cheese. She Did- smoked up to 80 cigarettes a day oh to suppress her appetite. Oh, my God. And she's 16? And she was singing? <laughs> like, how? What in the flying fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Please go on. <laughs> Please go on. Okay. Please go on. Um, hold on, I got ads. Ads, 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 ads. Gotta get them ads, 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 ads. Um, let's see. Gotta get them ads, ads, ads. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. The snow was made from asbestos. That I heard about. The, the poppy seeds. So, um, 
in, in the poppy seeds, the poppy oh, fields. Field. Oh, but the poppy seeds, that's a whole different subject there. <laughs> um, they had snow falling on, on them while they were, you know, falling asleep or whatever. And it was asbestos. Um, yeah, so production reportedly used uh, chrysotile asbestos, or as Atlas Obscura elegantly put it, the film literally douses its main characters in carcinogens. Oh my god. Um, it was also used in 1930s holiday decorations. So, there's that. But it looks pretty. <laughs> the Wicked Witch of the West actually caught on fire. Remember we kept seeing like... <laughs> oh, that's right! Yeah, yeah. Different flames and stuff. Yeah, and I was just like, well, I want, that's pretty badass how they do that. <laughs> and no point I thought, someone probably caught on fire. Yeah, probably. So, okay. While filming the scene in which the witch disappears in a flash of smoke, the effects crew started their fire before actor Margaret Hamilton had enough time to safely exit the stage. Uh, according to Harmitz's book, the flames caught on her broom and hat, scalding her chin and the bridge of her nose and her right cheek and the right side of her forehead. The eyelashes and eyebrow on her right eye had been burned off. Her upper lip and eyelid were badly burned. Oh, my God. When she looked down, her skin had been burned off her hand. <gasps> Incapacitated, a friend had to pick her up from the movie studio. Um, so the actor later recalled, that was always amazing to me that the studio didn't send me home in a limousine. Basically, this, like, you owe me that fucking shit. I, and I bet you, I bet you, after that happened, after she left the stage, they were like, all right, well, who else can we get to take the role and who would be less noticeable? If we swap that character out. Incredibly, the studio called Hamilton the next day, wondering oh when she would return to God. set. <laughs> oh it took her six weeks to recover, but even then, the nerves in her hand were still so exposed oh. that she had to wear green, green gloves rather oh than makeup. Oh my God. She considered suing, but opted against it for the very simple reason that I wanted to work again, she said. Oh, you know somebody talked to her and be like, if you sue us, you'll never work in this fucking town again. Yeah, exactly. It pro probably way more vulgar than that. <laughs> it gets better. Oh, don't, don't, don't fuck. <laughs> Shortly after Hamilton returned to set after catching fire, she was asked to film another fire scene. Hold up. Hold up. They just burned this woman. Uh-huh. Badly. Badly. To the point where, like, her nerves are exposed. She has to wear gloves because she can't wear makeup. Six weeks to recover. And they're like, get back in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton, she was a single mother, uh -huh. refused to take part in the stunt. Ooh. Okay. But her double acquiesced. So she basically agreed. Okay. Her double said, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And promptly caught fire herself after <gasps> flames again caught on the broom. <laughs> Holy shit, what the fuck's wrong with these people? Her double's name was Betty Danko, and she said, I felt as though my scalp was coming off. <gasps> I guess that's because my hat and my black wig were torn loose. She was reportedly paid $35 for her day's work. To be set on fire! Yup. She wasn't supposed to be set on fire, but they should have given her more after. Oh my god. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me go to the next link. I feel like Jesus Christ. I feel like I feel like th this whole this journey right now with you is 
I'm on a I'm on a stairmaster, <laughs> and it just it just keeps going faster, <laughs> like <laughs> higher speed and shit like that. Oh my god, that poor woman. Yeah, I know. Um, well, both of them, fucking everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I read from one site that it went through four different directors, but I read from another one it went through five. Yeah, on the on the on the actual IMDb page, there are five directors listed on it. Four of them are are uncredited. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, first it had Norman Tarog. Mm-hmm. And and Richard Thorpe, um, they didn't want Dorothy to be like natural looking. Mm. They wanted her to wear gaudy makeup and wear a blonde wig. Why? I don't know. And the and the and like the but twenty minutes of the movie is, is set in sepia tone. That wasn't the original plan. Oh okay. Um. So. The Wicked Witch of the West was also supposed to be a sexy terror in a sequin dress, inspired by the evil queen from Snow White. Okay. Um, but instead we just set her on fire. <laughs> so uh, when the executive saw Thorpe's dailies, he, they basically were like, yeah, you're fired. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but they told the press at the time that he was seriously ill. Okay. Uh, Richard Thorpe, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. Then George Cukor came on, mm. and he is the one. He didn't want to do it. He hated the book, mm. whatever. He changed the costume ideas, um, and because of that, they got rid of all of the film they already had, so they had to restart. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, then Victor Fleming took over, and his first day of filming was ruined when a raven got loose and flew into the rafters of the sound stage. Um he was eventually, I mean, he, like, worked on most of the movie, mm-hmm. but he was eventually replaced by King v- uh, Vider. I saw that, yeah, King Vider, yeah. King Vider. <laughs> um, because he went to go work on Gone with the Wind. Um, yep, wow. He did street scenes, show people, the crowd, hallelujah. Okay. Fleming was also responsible for one of the worst stories to come out of the making of the movie. He allegedly slapped Judy Garland across the face because she couldn't stop laughing during a take. I think it's when she was supposed to slap the lion. She kept giggling and ruining the, t- the film. Uh, so and, who, he sl- and who slapped her? Um, Fleming. Oh, Victor Fleming slapped the shit out of her. Okay. All right, slap the shit out of a sixteen-year-old girl that's hopped up on, who's been force-fed caffeine, cigarettes, barbiturates, and uppers, and cottage cheese, and got and cottage cheese. Let's not forget that. Um, so that wasn't the only abuse that she was taking. <sighs> that poor woman. Um, the head of MGM, Louis B. Mayer, made derisive comments about her weight and insisted she consume only chicken soup, black coffee, and cigarettes along with pills to reduce her appetite. Um, let's see. Jesus Tox- Christ, you know, that Blah, 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 toxic paint. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a movie that came out two years ago. I think it's called Judy. Mm. Starring Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Yeah. And they, 
they they don't hold back. They fucking go in hard on that shit. Um. Well, not as hard as I would like. I, I figured they go harder, but probably. Buddy Ebsen um, initially had a different look as the Tin Man. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be white makeup with a dash of aluminum powder. <laughs> a dash, sure. Um, More aluminum powder, please. But it looks really weird. It's like just like this weird square jaw, mm-hmm. and then they drew black circles around his eyes. And drew like black lines where the creases of your cheek go down uh-huh. to your mouth. That sounds weird. Yeah, it looks really strange. Um, so it's <laughs> I like this article. It's from Cracked. It says it sounds dangerous, but at least it looked better than the prelim- preliminary design for the character, which looked like a homemade Iron Man sex doll. <laughs> 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 okay, so this is how uh, a little bit more detail about Ebsen and how he was feeling about that aluminum powder. Okay. It says, during the shoot, one night at dinner, Ebsen started to feel like he was dying and couldn't breathe. It later turned out that he had, you guessed it, aluminum powder in his lungs. Even though he had to spend two weeks in an oxygen tent, producer Mervyn Leroy wanted Ebsen to suck it up and return to the set and eventually recast the part of the Tin Man because he got tired of calling the hospital. Fuck those people. He lost the role, but as a terrible souvenir, Ebsen still had breathing problems for the rest of his life, which he blamed on that damned movie. Wow. The gig was quickly taken over by Jack Haley, whose makeup now included aluminum paste instead of powder. That way he couldn't breathe in the extremely hazardous substance being slathered all over his face. Jeez. (laughs) I know you're looking at the time, but I mean, there's a lot. Okay, we don't I mean, we don't have to go into all of it. I mean, I, I did take some of it out because, okay. like, yeah, we talked about the um, the eyes. Okay. Um, we talked about her being. Oh, okay, the mint for the flying monkeys. Okay, we talked about her being burned. Okay, they put antiseptic on her burns, which <laughs> she was like that was extra painful. Okay. Obviously. Uh, For her minions, the performer delayed the shoot for several hours because the studio wanted to pay them per day, not per stunt take. <laughs> Fuck. So they had to call the Screen Actors Guild to straighten it out. Um, some of them were eventually sent to the hospital when their support wire snapped and they crashed to the set <gasps> floor. <sighs> yeah, that's crazy. Uh, the seemingly colorful horses, because you were wondering about yeah, that, right? The, yeah, the, when they were going into, um, when everybody got to Emerald City, and I think they put, I don't remember if they put everybody, or they put just Dorothy in a carriage. Yeah. But yeah, um, the horses, the colors were changing. It was like orange, purple, yellow, red. I'm like, why? And it doesn't explain it. I'm like, why? I felt like I missed something. <laughs> what? Why? Please tell me why. Seemingly, the colorful horses from the Emerald City were the only ones who were treated humanely. <gasps> because they were lovingly dyed with a jello-based tint that wouldn't be harmful to the animals. And they couldn't do it for for Buddy, for buddy Epstein or anything. Epson, like, yeah. Epson, Jesus. <laughs> they did have trouble, though, because they had to do their shoots really fast because the horses kept trying to lick the jello because like, it was sugar so they're like trying to lick the jello yeah, off yeah. <laughs> like i think it said too you could when you watch the movie if you pay attention you could see the um the guy with the reins like uh-huh. struggling to keep the horse like looking forward yeah I, yeah I remember i remember that and i remember looking at 
at seeing some of the horses, and they look like they had spots, like they were like wiped or something like that. Like oh. if, like, if so, like the horse was licking like its body or, or something. <laughs> the script was constantly being rewritten. To the frustration of the actors, and one of the witch's guards accidentally stepped on Toto, <gasps> requiring the employment of a replacement dog. <gasps> they killed the dog. <laughs> no, they fucking killed the dog. Uh, they didn't. It, it recovered. Um, and it was able to continue working. So sure. it got paid more than the munchkins. Oh, my. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's okay. okay. Because Judy Garland once recounted in an interview that MGM put them all in one hotel in Culver City and they got smashed every night. <laughs> um, and then there was a movie made about it. An 80s comedy, Under the Rainbow, starring Chevy Chase, Carrie Fisher, and Hitler. Hitler? I guess there's a movie about... What's it called again? Under the Rainbow? Yeah. Let me let me go find this movie. Um, let's see. So, the stories may be true, but it seems like largely exaggerated because only a very small number of the Munchkin cast behave that way. Um, but... Judy Garland's ex-husband, Sid Luft, uh, said that she told him that a number of men playing munchkins groped her between takes, which adds yet another terrible layer. Okay, so Under the Rainbow is a 1981 comedy. Uh, The synopsis is a visiting dignitary, a CIA agent, a Nazi spy, Japanese tourist, and an assassin, and a group of midget actors from The Wizard of Oz all check into an elite Los Angeles hotel called Under the Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we need to find this movie and watch it. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, um, Fred ba- um written by Fred Bauer, starring uh Chevy Chase, Carrie Fisher, and Eve uh, Arden. <laughs> Whoa. Yep. Um Is I think it? she was oh no. Let's see. Is there anything else? I'm just going through what I think that was pretty much the gist of it. Oh, what's Uh-oh, up? Oh, and the- ten screenwriters, five directors, and ten screenwriters. What about the legend of the 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 dead body? They never discussed that, but I know that we had found some things that said that wasn't true because it was the bird. They wanted they wanted the scene to look more realistic, so they employed they put a bunch of different birds on set. Uh huh. And it was a bird that was like walking around, flapping its wings. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me see. I found something called. So it's false. Okay, the rumor has been circulating since 1989, in the time of the 50th anniversary of the film's release. Was there um, an actor who played a munchkin and hanged himself on set? So yeah, that is actually false. Um, let me see if I can find a quick little uh, read up on it. Uh, while you find that, uh, Margaret Hamilton's skin stayed green for weeks. Oh, shit. Um, so it was hard for her to find jobs because of it. Um, they weren't allowed to eat at the commissary because they all looked too scary to the regular eaters, mm-hmm. like the diners. So mm-hmm. they had to eat on set mm-hmm. for a couple years. Uh, just to kind of give you an idea, uh, the producer, uh, Mervyn Leroy, had said that the actors had orgies in the hotel and we had we had to have police on every floor. <laughs> Some wicked witch scenes were cut for being too scary. Um they cut out a scene um because they feared it was 
associated with alcohol. Um, they were doing a dance number called Jitterbug. (laughs) So, um, the group was on their way to the Wicked Witch's Castle when they were bombarded by bugs. It was cut mostly because the producers didn't want the film associated with the popular Cab Calloway song, Call of the Jitterbug, which associated the jitterbug with alcohol. Uh, Weirdly, in the final film, a line referring to the scene still exists. If you ever wondered what the witch was referring to when she mentioned sending insects after Dorothy, this is it. Mm. That's everything i found okay so this is what i saw this is what i found from this article called little um the article is called Under, unpacking the myth of the wizard of oz hanging munchkin it's from the little white lies uh website uh the studio's official studio's line sorry the studio's official line has long been that that looks like a little person swinging from the tree is actually shadow cast by a large crane hired by fleming along the other animals from the los angeles zoo in an attempt to make the forest seem alive it is said that the trio began skipping down the road and the crane unfolded its wings defensively casting a strange shadow in the background i remember seeing that crane doing that as the scenes come to an end so that that is what that is what it is the the myth is that an actor who played a munchkin can be seen hanging himself during the scene which has come to be known as the tinman woodson woodsman sequence where dorothy and scarecrow and the tinman skip down the yellow brick road bound for the emerald city so it's actually just a fucking bird it's a bird and when it like flaps its wings in defense it just causes a, a shadow sh- a shadow to look like a, a munchkin dropped his body and hung right there yeah so it's all bullshit so there you go that's one thing that wasn't true <laughs> amongst all of the other shitty things that happened behind the scenes of that film going to do our geriatric cinematic of victor flemings and all the other directors the wizard of oz many many miles east of nowhere lies the amazing land of oz a magnificent empire created in the mind of a man who wrote a great book about it like wildfire in the wheat field the fabulous tale of the wizard of oz spread from town to city to nation to the entire world Although the Wizard of Oz has captivated the children of four generations and fired the imaginations of those youthful adults who have never grown old, although 10 million copies of the book have reached eager hands and eager hearts, no one has dared the towering task of giving life and reality to the land of Oz and its people. Every delightful character of L. Frank Baum's classic is now reborn. Every glorious adventure has been recaptured and painted with a rainbow. The celebration in Munchkinland. This film came out in 1939, and the synopsis is young Dorothy and her dog Toto are swept away by a tornado from their Kansas farm to the magical land of Oz. Directed by Victor Fleming, written by Noel Langley, Florence Ryerson, and Edgar Allan Wolfe. Uh, it stars Judy Garland, Ray Bolger, Bert uh, Lahr, and Jack Haley. Hmm. Mark. Yes. Well, it has been a long time since I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And I will say my opinion of it has changed. <laughs> um, but you haven't seen this movie before. No, I have not. And um, this time, the tables have... The turn... No, it's... <laughs> 
turntables. Okay. Turntables. Mm-hmm. You want to try that again? No, I think I'm gonna leave it. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remember hearing something about the tables have turned, uh-huh. but they but people have been saying it wrong for some reason. And now they say um, turntables. Is that is that a like thing that? now? People yeah. say that. Yeah. What that is stupid. <laughs> um. Anyway. Mm. So I'm sure that people still really want to hear what I have to say. Even you know, usually you say no one gives a shit about what you have to say. Mm. I still think that's pretty true, but <laughs> <laughs> in this case, I think they really want to know. Oh my fucking god! What in the living fuck is this movie? This movie is murder, dirter, dirter, plus murder, dirter, 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 murder, dirter, murder, dirter. <laughs> first of all, first of all, okay, I get it. I get why this movie is a cinema classic. I get why people... I'm actually looking at the trailer right now. And I'm, I need to stop looking at it because I'm being distracted. <laughs> <laughs> I get why people love this movie. They watched it as, the ki- as a kid. Their parents introduced them to this movie. Their parents were introduced by their parents by this movie. They watched it in theaters. It's this magical, whimsical, happy-go-lucky land of, of make-believe. And the fucking talking trees and flying death monkeys and a, and a witch that just wants to drown a dog. You know, I get it. I get it. I, I get have the, it destroyed. Have it destroyed. That's the, the, those are the words. I want your dog destroyed. Um, I do get the technical marvel of it. The, the technicolor of it. Um, Not just the technicolor, but mm. the effects. Yeah, yeah. Like... I, like obviously this movie's been like fixed up and redone and kind of like put together and cleaned up to make it look like really great and the the version that we watched it we had watched the movie was on HBO Max and um it was really beautiful honestly like this the the first 20 minutes where it's all sepia tone and everything I was really like wow that actually looks great the 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 set designs and everything I thought was really awesome there's this great part where the tornado's coming from the distance and everything I'm just like I wonder how it how did they do that? Maybe like a projection or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, that's pretty advanced for like that time, 1939 and shit like that, mm-hmm. right? And I do like, I do think that the the, the the cool transition from sepia tone to full color, I thought it was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I read, um, that was a stunt double and they painted that stunt double sepia tone. And when Judy Garland comes in, she's, just, she's looking regular, like with her red hair and her colors and everything like mm-hmm. that. But I think that transition is really good. Then the movie starts just going bonkers. The fact that like one, the house has like landed on the what? Wicked Witch of the West? East. I think the East. Okay, cool. But there's like a 15 minute musical of like the bitch is dead and she's burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like Look, I've gotten to I I've gotten to a point, and I'm not the only one. I've gotten to the point in life where I have subtitles on now because sound design is so all over the place now. There are times where like you have to crank up your fucking your volume just to hear the dialogue, and then all of a sudden an explosion happens and it blows out your fucking ears and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I've gotten to a point where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna keep it at a nominal level. I'll just have subtitles. And you know what? If I miss something, I won't be I won't miss it because I boom, it's right there. I can do subtitles. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm watching 
I'm reading the lyrics. And it, at one point, one of the munchkins, which to me already looks terrifying, because <laughs> here's this girl. If I'm in the situation. I've just been thrown in a, in a tornado in a house. I land on some weird-ass land. I just murdered somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or I'm affiliated with this death. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, these, like, these little people are just like, hey, thanks for killing this old bitch. We fucking hate it. We're going to do a musical number for 15 minutes. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one part in the lyrics where it's like, we thank you so sweetly. You killed her completely. Oh, you uh, killed her so neatly. So neatly. Killed her so neatly. Mm-hmm. Right there. Killed her so neatly. Like, a house fucking fell on her. <laughs> How neat is that? <laughs> um, then you killed her so completely. Yeah. We thank you so sweetly. And, and we make you an, an honorary... <laughs> member of this society. Thank you. And they're like getting everybody like, wake up, wake up, the witch is dead. Dang dog, the witch is dead, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, Glinda the Good Witch was in her 50s. Oh, she looked good for her 50s. Yeah, well, then they're like, they had to make the Wicked Witch of the West ugly mm-hmm. because she was like 36. Oh, okay. They had to make her ugly and set her on fire. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so... Right there, I'm just like, Kelsey, what did you, what do you have me watch? Like, <laughs> it's it's really something when the tables have turned. When the turntables. <laughs> the turntables. The turntables have hit me or whatever. <laughs> what that stupid phrase they say now? <laughs> Where I'm just like flabbergasted at like what I'm watching, right? So... She goes on her journey. Dorothy goes on her... Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. Rewind. No, because they get to the end of their number, and she finds out about the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, and the Wicked Witch of the West is worse than Wicked Witch of the East. Yeah, they and they're like, they even said that. They're like, oh, no, she's worse. Wait, what? <laughs> I, not only did I kill somebody, I killed the wrong person. I know. <laughs> I got to deal with this boss-level bitch now? <laughs> No, but one thing I wanted to mention is because in in in, in the um, in the earlier part of the movie where it's like sepia tone, it's the woman who owns like half the town, and who was like Miss Gulch, Miss Gulch, Miss Gulch, who comes to like Dorothy's farm and talks to her her on her uncle and her, 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 her and like it's like hey your dog Toto um and. The dog walked in my garden. So guess what? I have a I have a piece of paper from the sheriff saying like that dog's gonna be destroyed. Like that like that's the re- that's the reason you're fucking killing this dog is because it walked in my fucking garden. <laughs> <laughs> People, there are dogs that take. Sh- I, I I went out for a walk today and I saw somebody walking their dog and just letting their dog take a shit in some like person's yard and just walking off like meh whatever. So therefore. By that person's logic, by by what's her name, Mrs. Gulch. Miss Gulch. By Miss Gulch's logic, the owner can step out of the house and blow his dog away <laughs> Just with a hand cannon. You went something. outside. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so back, so back forward into the story. So she like who she counter first? Oh, the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. Which, in my mind, it looked like a corpse. Hanging off of that fucking perch or that that whatever that thing was, mm-hmm. 
as like a warning to like trespassers, like happy, like uh, like, and it had a rope around its neck, the scarecrow. Oh yeah. So it looked like they hung a body. They lynched them. They, yeah, they lynched. They lynched somebody and then propped up their body and being like, "Here's a warning, trespassers." That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> and this is a this is a rated G movie. <laughs> um. I did I did like the scarecrow number where he's like dancing and flipping all over the place. Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually pretty sweet and very cute. His mask um very impressed by the costume design. Unfortunately, you know, as Kelsey had said, that dude's face got fucked up for like a good year. Uh, yeah, one said a year, another said several years. Yeah, yeah. So like that's that's all fine and dandy and sugar and candy, right? And then we come up to the forest mm-hmm. that comes alive, right? That's very Tolkien-esque. Right, like uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, the trees are alive, walking and everything like that. That did look kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like, um, I believe uh, I believe Meg has uh, Meg, my girlfriend, has said that like that scene scared the shit out of her as a kid. I've also heard that the 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 flying monkeys that's considered like one of the most terrifying scenes in the in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Which to me, it I can see why. But to me, the munchkins at the beginning. That's more terrifying than everything <laughs> that I've seen. Not for me. I think the the trees are terrifying, but mm-hmm. also the flying monkeys, because it's not, they didn't look terrifying to me, but the fact that they were all flying and it looked pretty real, mm. like, oh shit, I'm going to die. Yeah, you know what, there is, there is that shot where, like, you see the monkeys from a dis- the flying monkeys from a distance, and you just see like their wings just like flapping. Mm-hmm. That that does look. Now I'm thinking about that. That is pretty scary. Just to kind of be there and be like, "What in the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. And why is it? Why are they? Why is flying? it coming? Yeah, why is it coming at me? <laughs> um, so that was terrifying. And then like we come up on the Tin Man. Um, <laughs> we come up on the Tin Man who rusted away. Who who turned to rust or had, his gears had rusted because of the rain. Right, mm-hmm. and I say that because I'm gonna bring it up again later. I'm gonna try to remember it, um, which I was like, like for some of it, I was actually for the musical numbers, um, but if, eventually I'm like, there's like a musical number every like after one, there's another, and then there's another. Now we're actually next scene, now another, and another, mm-hmm. and another, and it got to the point where I was like, yo, like get to the fucking story, please, <laughs> go somewhere with this shit. Um. So we got that. We got the car- the cowardly line, which I was like, kind of, eh, on. Um, at the time, now I feel real bad for that dude, because he had all that. <laughs> he had that that lion fur on him and shit. As a kid, I I hated the cowardly lion. He was annoying as fuck. I can definitely see that. But I now, can, uh, I'm like, he's kind of weird. Like, yeah, he's like... He sounds more like a barking dog than a he, lion. And he also sounds like... This is not no way to try to sound homophobic. He also sounds kind of fruity. Yeah. Like, hey, what's going on, guys? Yes. So I think I like him the most now. <laughs> he's like your favorite character. Yeah. So, the one, so, like, they're going through, right? And then eventually there's, like, a scene where they have to get to Emerald City... They have to go through a poppy seed field. Poppy seeds. Which has been known to be used to make heroin. Mm-hmm. And like... <laughs> the evil witch is like, they'll fall asleep in the poppy seed field. Yes, because that's heroin. <laughs> that's what it does to you. <laughs> and what is... What is the, what's her name? Glinda the Good Witch, right? Mm-hmm. 
what does she do? She's like, oh, let me sprinkle this white powder all over you guys and wake you up. Translation, here's some cocaine. <laughs> wake the fuck up, please. Asbestos cocaine. Asbestos cocaine. Either way, it's bad to ingest. <laughs> um, so, so that scene, like, to tell you the truth, something about that scene um, was kind of... Unsettling? I mean, it, it no, there's like one particular part where like they're running. They're actually like running into the fields and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Something about that was actually kind of, I don't know, kind of sweet in a way. You know, it's almost like frolicking. You, you know, you, you ever, I, I always have this this place I like to go to like whenever I meditate. It's this, what's this? What's this? Continue. I, I'll wait until you're done. Okay. So there's this place I go to whenever I meditate. It's like this idyllic situation, whatever. And it's like a, a tall grass type area. Like maybe about like knee high or something like that. And blue skies and like running through it. It just feels really nice. It feels like at peace. Mm-hmm. So seeing them running through it kind of remind me of that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of makes me feel at peace. And then I remember, oh, yeah, it's poppy seed feels it's heroin. Oh, yeah, here's comes here comes the cocaine. Mm-hmm. So, so then you still felt at peace. <laughs> yes. Even though cocaine and heroin together is a speedball. <laughs> <laughs> so Wizard of Oz depicted the first speedball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you want to you know why I was kind of chuckling to yeah, myself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, oh, it's kind of sweet. They're frolicking. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm like, I saw it completely different. Oh, please tell me. I saw it as they came out of the woods where they had like the cover of trees uh-huh. and my agoraphobia kicked in. Oh, right. And I'm like, now they're in this wide open space where they can be picked off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, something happens to them and they, they fall as- they get they fall asleep in this field and like they're going to die. And then they don't die because of the snow. And then they're mm. now they're like, we got to hurry up. And they're running. And I feel like they're running for their lives. I don't feel like they're frolicking. See, this is where you and I differ a whole lot. You and I differ. Like, I might look at something like, that's sweet or peaceful. Or I love that. I love how wholesome that is. And you're like, death. <laughs> um, um, is this about the Tin Man? Where were you going to talk about the Tin Man? Um, what were we going to talk about the Tin Man for? I don't know. You said something when you Oh, no, him. oh, no, no, the rain. The the rain. I, that that's what I want to talk about. But that's that's towards the end when it comes up when it with, with the wicked witch with the wicked witch. Oh, okay. Um, so they get to Emerald City and I'm one, I do like the I do like the design of Emerald City. I something about emeralds I've always enjoyed. It they they look very beautiful. They look very pretty i don't know how kelsey's gonna turn this into something about death or like it's evil or some stuff like that well (laughs) (laughs) some see green as like a sign of war but whatever really (laughs) yeah i didn't know that but like that i so that part i like when they're in emerald city right i find the color green Mm -hmm. um suffocating can, because it can, can be that. so deep. Oh, yeah. There could be so much of it that I'm yeah. like, Ugh. I think it's like used right. I, I think more specifically the color emerald. I think something about that is it's very like it. it, it I'm very attracted to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get to the they get to the the wizard right, whose dome looks ginormous. This big brainiac wait, looking wait, wait, fucking wait. head. Uh-huh. The the guy the guy at the door uh-huh. was. The guy who played the um, the, wizard. the fortune teller, yeah, the, and the, the wizard, and he was the guy in the coach, yeah, yeah. So he played like five different roles in this film. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, 
But like, it's so fucking funny because they're like, because Dorothy is like, hey, I want to go home. How can I get, how can I go home? And the wizard is like, hey, uh, you got to go, you got to go kill, you got to go kill somebody again. I need you to go kill this bitch and bring her broom to me. So once again, the movie's about fucking murder. And you, you killed one witch, now kill the other I one. I know, you're already on a roll, Dorothy. Just go with it. Just go with it, you know? <laughs> so, here's like the... <laughs> Here's the part that gets so... I mean, it's, it's already ridiculous, right? But the part that just made me fucking go, what? Out of everything that made me go, what? This is the biggest what the fuck. Is when they get their weapons. First first of all, they've cleaned themselves up, right? Which, the scene with um, them stuffing the scarecrow back with more hay. Looks like they're just pushing his guts and intestines back inside. Which, like... In my eye, I'm like, oh, that's, that, that's very brutal, very metal, but cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, when they get their weapons, the <laughs> the Tin Man has, like, a like a large, like, monkey wrench and, like, uh, an axe, which, which was his, his item already. All right, cool, makes sense. The Cowardly Lion had a net and a huge, giant mallet. All right, cool, makes sense. Dorothy had a basket and Toto. All right, cool, makes sense. The scarecrow <laughs> had a pistol. <laughs> he had a six-shooter pistol. A big one, too. A big one. That was a hand cannon. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, I paused it. I remember, I paused it. I was like. You drew a diagram. I drew a fucking diagram. Like, how does that make sense? <laughs> I was fucking dying off that shit like gun. <laughs> I wouldn't know the story behind that. Like the studio was just like, well, what does the scarecrow carry? Here and it pulls out a gun. Here you go. There's your weapon. Boom. <laughs> Which, mind you, he doesn't use. The flying monkeys come down. And everyone he, drops everything. Everyone drops anything, everything. They don't shoot. <laughs> he doesn't shoot or anything like that. Um but yeah, like a couple times, like the witch had like encountered them, and she was like, she was so determined of like, I'm gonna get you and your dog, but more like, I'm gonna get your fucking dog. I'm gonna drown the dog. Mm-hmm. That was like her main thing. I want to kill you. And, like if I don't get your red shoes, I get your dog. Like that, that was a constant. <laughs> and then I'll get your red shoes. Yeah, and then I'll get your red shoes. Right. So. Oh, did you know that the shoes were originally supposed to be silver? Really, silver? Why silver? I don't know, mm-hmm. but. They changed it to red because of the Technicolor. That makes sense. That mm-hmm. totally makes it, and that's and the red shoes is one of the most iconic. Yeah. Uh, movie props, like ever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like they've been captured. They're at the castle. Um, like, no, I, I think they all get captured. I know. I know the scarecrow gets like his guts taken out. This his hay mm-hmm. taken out. Dorothy gets taken and everything. And for some reason, the witch is, like, trying to take the shoes, but, like, it won't let her. And Dorothy's, like, like, the witch is, like, here, I'm going to turn this time around. And by the time, by the time this is done, you're going to be dead. Which I don't, I don't understand that part. Um, I think she meant, I think she said, like, I'll come back and I'll I'll kill you. She's trying to figure out. Mm, In that amount of time, she's, like, I need to figure it out because I can't just take these shoes from you. Uh You have to be dead first. 
And I can't just kill you. It could have used Scarecrow's gun. <laughs> no, she she had to figure out. I think there had to be like a spell or something uh, to get the shoes off okay. of her. Okay, all right. That's what I was like lost on. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're like, they're trying to get a, like, everybody, like, oh, no, yeah, because I remember it was Dorothy that was only taken because Scarecrow, Scarecrow, Cowardly Lion, and then the Tin Man finally catch up to him. They get inside. And, like, <laughs> the witch, like, sets scarecrow on fire which that might have been that must have been terrifying for um what's the actor's name uh bert lar who i believe played the scarecrow that must have been no bert lar was the cowardly lion uh yeah oh no sorry uh ray bolger that must have been terrifying for ray bolger because he's made out of this flammable material and they set his arm on fire and i'm sure at any moment it can just engulf his entire body mm-hmm. um and then, like, Dorothy grabs, like, a bucket of water, throws it at him, and hits the witch, and the witch melts. Mm-hmm. And that's how she's defeated, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, so you're telling me the witch never took a bath? That means she stank. <laughs> like, that green shit, that wasn't even... That was probably mold. It was mold or algae <laughs> or something. Or both. Or both, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, has it never rained? No, 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 I'm sorry. Has she never gone outside the rain at all? Like, she must have not... Because we know it rains in... in in Oz, it happened to the Tin Man. So at one point... What if she had a spell that she could walk out in the rain, but she never felt a drop? If, okay, well, here's the thing. If water is your weakness, don't you want that spell on all the time? Let's say somebody sneezes on you, all that moisture comes out. But that's not water. It's, it's defeated. That's what it is. It's defeated? It's defeated. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, they kill... Once again, Dorothy just committing murder. Everybody's happy. Just, yay, woo, and all that kind of shit. You know, now this bitch is dead and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So when they come back. With her <laughs> weird looking broom because it was mostly burnt on the end. Yeah, exactly. And they find out that, obviously, the, the big reveal is that the the great and powerful Oz is really like a fucking snake oil man. Mm. You know? I'm surprised that nobody in Emerald City was like, we've been had this entire time. Fuck society, we riot now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I shit- think they were like, what they say? They were like, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, like, it's okay. And and the fact that his, he got, his whole shit got blown up because the dog was like, let me pull this curtain away. Oh, and yeah. that's it. The dog was suspicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, at no point did the dude go, you know what? All this stuff I got to build, I'm going to put it behind, like, a, a three-bolted door or some yeah. shit like that. No, <laughs> green curtain. Boom. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they let him off. They, like, well, Dorothy was supposed to, Dorothy was supposed to fly off with him. But, like, what, like, Toto got out of the out of the balloon, right? Out of the, what's the, the hot air balloon mm-hmm. basket. Um, and then come to find out, <laughs> I think you, you passed the point where he gave out all of their things. They oh wanted. yeah. He gave them, he gave, <laughs> I got to give props to this con man. Not only did he <laughs> just bullshit the entire Emerald city and the land of Oz, mm-hmm. he was, he quick on his feet, quick on his feet. Hey, Oz, you said you give the 10 man a heart. Here's a clock, the shape of a heart. It's ticking. <laughs> it's a ticker. It's a ticker. Uh, you say Scarecrow get a brain. 
Well, here's a, what do you say? A THD? Yeah. And, and thinkology? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like, um, like, like late 80s rap. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> went to the school of thinkology. Yeah, or something like, for, or from like these bullshit for-profit schools that like pop up and like are gone within like two years or something. Oh, yeah. Um, current, the, uh, the cowardly lion. Oh, you've always had courage inside you. Here, here's a, here's a medal. Say that you're brave. That's it. Like that. Just pull shit out of his fucking oh, closet. And he pinned it to his fur. Yeah. Just, which is like, like you can imagine it going into his muscle. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they get on the balloon. Dorothy's going to take off, but like she total gets away. She like leaves. The balloon's gone. He's like, oh shit. All right. Bye. Probably died. Um, <laughs> and then Glinda, Glinda the Good Witch is like, Oh, you've always had the power to go home. You just had to murder people so you could believe it. <laughs> Which is basically what she fucking said. <laughs> and then she does it like no place. She does the famous no place like home, no place like home. Which, in my opinion, why would you want to go back home? Your farm has probably been decimated by a tornado. There's probably an evil woman out there waiting to kill your fucking dog. You have no hopes of escaping Kansas. Why would you want to go back? I think she probably didn't remember about the tornado. Like, the I know. The house that, landed on somebody. I know, but in her mind, uh, it, it probably didn't. She doesn't know of any destruction. Yeah. She only remembers it how she left it. <sighs> and also, Aunt Emily did take care of her. And mm. she got her dog back. She had her dog, so. Well, she got her dog back, but yeah, we don't we don't know what happened to Miss Gorshik. Gulch. Gulch. We don't know what happened, Miss Gulch. I guess Miss Gulch probably died. She probably died in the tornado. Uh, they're probably like she's like awake and everything like that, and the house is currently on top of the <laughs> top of. So Ms. she Gulch. was dreaming about Miss Gulch's death as she was dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was having some sort of weird off, like. Off course corpse. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like a like a premonition. <laughs> even even like when she wakes up, it was weird to me because she's like everybody's there. Even the dude who like she bumped into when she was trying to oh, leave. Oh, the Kansas. snake oil, the actual snake oil. Yeah. Man? Apparently he like followed her back and was like, Hey, what's going on, little girl? Like stuck his head <laughs> through the window. And she was like, You were there too. Why are you here? <laughs> um And yeah, and the movie ends. Yeah. Right? Honestly, when I got done watching the movie, I almost wanted to restart it and be like, what in the fuck? What is this? I, I want to do that thing I've heard about that if you play Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same time as The Wizard of Oz, they 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 layer on top of each other. Like they're perfectly layered on top really? of each other. That's the rumor I've heard. I've never tested it, and I don't know if it's has I don't know if it's supposed to be like a certain uh, version of the album like it's supposed to be a record cd tape w- whatever but i've heard that rumor for like a long time hmm. and i i actually want to like and like in tip- how in what way would it coincide like you press play when the movie starts and it just it just goes along with it oh. like every scene maybe that was intentional yeah probably i, I bet mean, you it's not though they don't seem like they uh, yeah do that. just like I, some stoner made a happy coincidence he was like yeah sure why not <laughs> and sorry that shit but all in all i kind of enjoyed it yeah i'm not gonna lie i kind of enjoyed it but not not on its merits not on its merits because it's it's 
obviously I'm like I'm a 38 year old male who's never seen this movie, and now obviously my the way how my mind functions, I'm just like this is all fucked up. But I did enjoy it. I do. I have to give it a, an applause for. Uh, I do have to applaud it for the Technicolor of it because, like I said, and however how they restored it over time, it does look really great. I probably wouldn't mind watching it on the big screen if it if they ever did that again. Yeah. Um. So are you gonna ask me? Yeah. What? So Mark. Yes. Did this movie hold up? I say yes. If you just look at it from my eyes. <laughs> If you just see how fucked up it is, it does hold up. Um, I, I've had buddies, I've had friends of mine who have watched it on some type of drug, and they're like, "Whoa, that movie's crazy, man!" Blah blah blah. I'm thinking, "Man, you're you're just high. You're on acid. Like, whatever." I watched it sober, and I was like, "What in the flying fuck?" <laughs> I agree. I think that it holds up. Mm-hmm. Definitely not for. Like the child storytelling nope. aspect of it, but definitely has like a film that rivals Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, that and that's what I was gonna ask you. That's what I was gonna thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Kelsey, I'm gonna ask you, what is more fucked up, The Wizard of Oz or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Willy Wonka. Really, really. Okay, why? Because. Everything that is happening in the in Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. is kind of on accident. Mm, okay, okay. Right? Like, okay. she accidentally kills the Wicked Witch of the East, yeah. but it ends up being a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, she ends up accidentally killing the Wicked Witch of the West, but that's what she was going to do anyway. Yeah, but, like... But she probably was going to chicken out, but she didn't have to. Yeah. Um, like, all this shit. Mm. And, and Willy Wonka... He's already like, I'm sick of these fucking kids. I know they're dying or getting maimed yeah. under my care. Uh, and I don't give a shit. <sighs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Wizard of Oz. Here's why. It's because the background is so creepy and so terrifying. Like the fact that people are like manipulating this woman to kill, this, to kill these people. Mm-hmm. And how like... Oh, man. Well, no, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. And, I'll, and this is what, I'll take it back. I'll say Willy Wonka. Here's why. And you won't believe it's, it's something out of left field. I think it's the reason why Willy Wonka's more fucked up is because of the musical numbers. Really? Because every time a kid gets killed or maimed, they're like, dead, they're dead. Yay, they're dead. <laughs> well, while in Wizard of Oz, we only got like one song. Yeah. If it had like more songs, it'd probably be like a, a good competition. Well, like if the, the Oompa Loompas, they probably came from. Oh, from Oz? Yeah. yeah they, That's probably where Willy Wonka got his Oompa Loompas from. And they were used to singing and dancing. But if yeah. they would have went back to Oz and been like, oh yeah, like we're going to sing every time something happens, uh, it probably would have been a better film. Maybe they got like thirsty for blood and Oz wasn't cutting for them. So Willy Wonka was like. Hey, I plan to like murder and maim all these children. You want to come along? And they're like, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Kids are little witches. Yeah, especially like that scene at the end of Willy Wonka. Or um, not at the end, but when they're on that boat, they're like, where we're going, no one's knowing, or something like that. And like Willy Wonka is like, ah! 
ah, like screaming. Oh, I mad. know that was terrifying. Yeah, that was very terrifying. But yeah, I'll probably say Willy Wonka is a bit more fucked up than Wizard of Oz because yeah. you're right. It, it's more intentional, but marginally, marginally, marginally intentional. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, <laughs> I think that's it. I like <laughs> Kelsey. Did you ever think we would get here? No. Never in, in our in our deep film thinking i i didn't i didn't know i honestly didn't think we'd get this get to where we are now with wizard of oz i never thought i was or willy wonka or willy wonka which you like to call uh hellraiser for kids (laughs) 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 but um i thoroughly enjoy wizard of oz and honestly fuck i'm so glad kelsey recommended this one (laughs) said i had a blast watching it and really pick it apart like a lot of the stuff yeah um is that it mm-hmm. all right so that's gonna be it for a show for this week uh we would like to thank the folks over oh sorry we would like to thank you for joining us on the show um we would like to thank the folks over at your entertainment corner for hosting this podcast on their website uh for all your film news tv <laughs> you know what i just realized we didn't talk anything about like the acting or the direction we just like this movie's fucked up period <laughs> <laughs> You did the thing that you're like, I hate it when people retell the story, but like it had to be retold by through the eyes of Mark Salcedo. It had to. <laughs> All right. Musical numbers, annoying. I did say that. Acting, not that bad. Actually, pretty good. Directing, five directors. Surprisingly, the whole set didn't catch on fire, even <laughs> though it probably did. All right. So. For all your film news, TV news, and reviews, go to yourentertainmentcorner.com. You can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. We're all over the place. Um, we're going to take a week off, um, kind of regroup and you know, take some time off, relax and everything. I got a, I got a bunch of stuff to watch at Beyond Fest. Kelsey and I got to go there a couple of times to check out stuff. Um, but we already know what we're going to be reviewing when we come back. Um, so we are going to be reviewing the remake of Hellraiser, which comes out on Hulu uh, on October the 7th, which is next Friday. So the following weekend, the following week, you can expect a brand new episode from us. Um, with that, we are going to do our geriatric cinematic, which will be 1987's Hellraiser. The best year. Well, that movie came out, so it's kind of coinciding with your birth. Yeah. Kind of works together. Um, so, and I'm a Scorpio? Fuck. Oh, my God. You're gonna, we're going to start the show and be like, Mark, we have such sights to show you. Like, ah! <laughs> um, so 1987's Hellraiser, uh, it is currently streaming at this moment on Prime Video, Shutter, AMC+, or is available to rent on Amazon, Apple TV, or YouTube TV. The topic of that episode will be, uh, let's put a pin on that hell note. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So, I thought that the firing by fax was the wildest fucking thing I ever heard. Firing by fax? Remember we you were talking about a director who was fired by fax? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, days after he started filming? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I brought that up to Chuck at the office. And he was like, no, that was pretty common. And I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. He was like unfazed by that. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. I would. You know what? 
I'm kind of offended I've never been fired by fax now. <laughs> I feel like it's a badge of honor. I, I could do that for you. I could fire you by fax. Find a fax machine and do it. They still have them. I could go to UPS and use one. <laughs> this is what I want you to do. Go to UPS, send a fax to me at FedEx. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.